Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Welcome to Nothing Concrete, the Barbican podcast, here to inspire you to discover and love the arts with weekly episodes of archive finds and themed series. Choreographer Michael Clark has been an arresting and often shocking presence on the dance scene ever since he left the family farm in Aberdeen for the Royal Ballet School in the 70s. He's used his renowned classical technique to subvert the tropes and traditions of ballet and what he and his dancers have worn on stage has sometimes attracted almost as much attention as his dancing. From the traditional tutu teamed with punk to Lee Bowery designed floral head masks, dildos to dancing cans of baked beans, Michael Clark's personality jumps out of his stage wear. Quite often people think things are, you know, I'm sort of going out of my way to shock when it's simply something I think that looks good. For example, the bare bottoms. I thought it was a, a lovely fashion detail. Michael Clark, Cosmic Dancer, is the first major exhibition to explore his work and collaborations, and it's on at the Barbican before travelling to the V&A Dundee in October 2021. I'm producer Freya Hellier, and I've been talking to some of the key figures in Michael Clark's creative world. I spoke to a groundbreaking designer who's been working with Michael since the early days. I saw a post on Instagram of Michael in the dinosaur costume getting out of the egg. The way he gets out of that egg, that arched foot was just to die for. It was something that could be quite hammy because he had like the broken eggshell as if he'd cut, uh, knocked it the top off with a spoon on his head. <laughs> but he managed to make it look so beautiful. It's easy to think of Michael Clark's early work as having a kind of circus-like spectacular quality and his playful, sexy and boundary-pushing costumes were a large part of that. And that vision was shared by designer Stevie Stewart. Back in the day in the 80s, I had a fashion company with David Holer and together we were Body Map. And as Body Map, we costumed Michael's company for quite a few years. I remember meeting Michael when he came to some council flats where David and a group of other creative people lived. I um, didn't live there, but I spent a lot of time there because David and I had 
just graduated from Middlesex Polytechnic. We first saw him then. He was an exquisite, amazing person, very stylish and very well-mannered, very charismatic, quite shy, but very charismatic. Beautiful. The Drano ducks collide and mercy. Gather collide like fancy tension. David and I had seen Dutiful Ducks, which was a piece that Michael was in, and we were blown away by it and very inspired. And so after that, when we saw him, we'd start a conversation. The maestro, gather collide like condescension, tableau. The impact of Dutiful Ducks was actually Michael's dancing. He had such an amazing technique. It was something that we hadn't ever seen before. We hadn't been used to seeing dance. And so, I mean, it just blew us away. Then he would take us, he would encourage us to go and see classical ballet productions. We'd go with him to see them. And David and I actually started going to ballet class. We were so inspired. David and I had a fashion company called Body Map in the 80s. And we wanted to create a new way of dressing. In the 80s, it was quite a grey period before that. It was Thatcherite. It was, the social climate was quite grey and gloomy. Lots of other designers, 80s, shoulder pads, all that sort of thing. We wanted to go completely away from that. So we created a way of dressing using stretch fabrics. And in those stretch fabrics, which had, at that time had only been used for sweatshirts and jogging trousers, basically, not even athleisure as there is now. And so we took these fabrics and recreated them by putting very bold graphic prints on them, cutting them in ways that were designer shapes, but using this stretch fabric. And also cutting in a way that was a new way of cutting. It wasn't just a basic block. We would create new shapes that would be often be inspired by our collections. For example, we'd have lots of references and inspirations that the two of us would put our heads together and work on. And we'd come up with a whole concept for our collection. The one that in 1984 that our first solo catwalk show was called Cat in the Hat Takes a Rumble with the Techno Fish and that had lots of techno graphic black and white zigzag cross designs. It was that collection that Michael saw and was inspired with. The first costumes that we did for Michael was for his production, You, Me, I Did. And that was costumes that were inspired by our body map fashion collection, using black and white graphic mesh prints, techno prints, and then we would have holes cut out, ribbed holes and ribbed slashes, and then elongated arms, which had holes cut in for them to have the wrists for their hands to come out of. And actually Michael used that in the choreography. So that was quite exciting. <laughs> 
After that, I think Michael then had had got more work and more productions of his own. And in his own work, he would have characters that he wanted to to work with. So he would be more, he would give us more of a, a, brief, a detailed brief. With um, H. Cacophony H, which was, had the music of hair, for example, in it, Michael would ask us to, for example, make a leather jacket using hair extensions as the fringe. And then we'd, we'd take that as an inspiration and then we would make jock straps with long hair coming out of the back or long tail coats with graphic prints with hairy underarms, things like that. So that's when we began to sort of feed off each other, I would say. In the 80s, it was very much a play hard, work hard ethic. And there was groups of people that we were involved in, whether it was musicians or dance or artists, filmmakers, video recorders, um, DJs. Everyone was had such passion and drive at that time and um, wanting to rebel and make a difference. In a way, punk did help because it was anarchy, but anarchy to make something new, to make something different. And we all had a passion and drive for it and the ins we'd all inspire each other. So whatever field you were in, there was a circle of very creative people that were all trying to do their own thing and make a difference. And a lot of that was also transferred to the club culture. People would spend hours getting ready to go, dress up to go to Taboo, for example. Going to clubs was actually part of the whole scene. We would meet our friends there. There was no sort of social media then, so that was where you would meet up with your friends and you'd know that they everyone would be there so it was a very social event and everyone would get dressed up as I say so sometimes we would be wearing body map outfits and Michael would be wearing body map and it, it was a sort of crossover of work and play. When David and I had our first solo catwalk show during London Fashion Week. We wanted to present our show in a completely unique way. Plus, we were a small company, completely self-financed, so we didn't have loads of money. And we would get friends and dancers and models or up-and-coming models, or not even models. Um, my mum would model, Leslie Chilk's makeup artist's mum would model, David's little niece, um, who was probably three or four at the time, she would model, and we would get um, other people that weren't models, but just all shapes and sizes, all ages. We wanted to show the diversity on the catwalk back in the day. In 1986, Michael actually choreographed one of our shows and was also in it. It was an amazing show, um, had lasers, had dancers, Boy George was in it, 
lots of all um, the body map family we would call them lots of the models that had started when we started and had then become quite uh, well-known models they were all in it in the show one of our favorite costumes David and I loved doing was a dinosaur costume for Michael and it had a suit jacket with a dinosaur foam tail in which was actually in cut into the jacket and then the legs were concertinaed origami square beige and red square concertina trousers which we loved that costume and there was another set of costumes for that production because we must which also charlie atlas made a film of and they were white costumes we called them kinetic costumes. We wanted to see them move. And they, the boys had kinetic, almost like blades on their shirts, which were made in transparent white organza. And the girls had more of a fluid type. And then the girls had, out of their leggings, had fluid chiffon frills. And they all came, the dancers in those costumes on in the show came up from beneath the stage on a riser and although I'd done loads of costumes before and David had as well it was when they came up we were actually really excited and I actually had tingles down my spine. As David and I would get lots of inspirations and call our shows a description of what inspired us Michael also had a very layered approach to his inspirations and what inspired him and what he was trying to present with dance as an art form. And there's certain parallels, I think, that we both, Body Map and Michael, were at times seen as shocking, yet there was a lot more to it than that. Both Body Map and Michael Clark had a lot of lot to say and a lot of different things that they wanted to show. So it wasn't all shock value. There's technical, lots of different technical approaches. Michael's, I mean, his complexity and technique of his actual choreography is amazing. And David and I had a lot of technical work creating and recreating different fabrics, inventing fabrics with a company in Sweden, working with graphic designers on and a textile designer, Hilda Smith, on our prints. And so there was a world of body map and there was a world of Michael Clark. In recent years, I've worked with Michael as Stevie Stewart, costume designer. And I would say that it's, he now wants in his, in his work, both in his choreography and in his costumes, he wanted a more, a, a purer form, a purer art form. And so there weren't so many gimmicky type of costumes. It was more to see the graphic lines of the dance and the choreography was so complex and so technical and so difficult that 
Um, I'm thinking of, for example, of the Sati uh, production. Where the dancers had to make extraordinary shapes in very difficult positions. And so in that respect, the costumes became very simple, but very graphic unitards. Um, and so we've been working on a body conscious, more unitard type approach for recent years. Michael Clark may have moved towards a purer form of expression, but he still works collaboratively. Here he is explaining why that aspect of his work remains. The reason is simply that I see each member as um, a very strong individual with, with something strong to contribute to what I'm doing. I mean, it, it's very tempting um, to do everything myself more and more as things become clearer as to what I want exactly. For example, the set for the new show was designed by me and sometimes I, I have to do a set of costumes myself simply because I know exactly what they have to be and, and so it's the easiest way of doing it. But although I've worked with the same people for quite a while, we're not a group of people who pat each other on the back and say how wonderful we are, da da da. There's a lot of conflict within the group because we do all have very strong ideas about what direction we want to go in individually. And that's why I think it works. And there may be a lot of friction at times, but it's, it's certainly worth it in the end. Um, we have a similar way of looking at things, but there's so many different approaches within that. Working with Michael sometimes can be quite challenging. It's always exciting. Sometimes he's, he's a perfectionist, and so sometimes things get left right to the last minute, which is quite demanding but also very exciting. And also when you see it on stage, you're just like, oh, phew. Thanks to Stevie Stewart, to the BBC for the archive footage and to you for listening to this episode of Nothing Concrete. To plan your visit to Michael Clark, Cosmic Dancer, go to barbican.org.uk. And from October 2021, it'll be at the V&A Dundee. Subscribe to Nothing Concrete on Acast, Spotify or wherever you find your podcasts. And if you'd like to hear more of the music connected to these episodes, listen to the Barbican's Michael Clark Cosmic Dancer playlist on Spotify. Nothing Concrete is produced by me, Freya Hellier, for Loftus Media. The production coordinator is Sheree Houston. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.